And welcome everybody to nwczradio.com channel one's down the rabbit hole. My name is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And of course, it's great to have everybody along. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and you're all caught up and you have nothing left to do except to open the presents and have a little eggnog. That's that's my Christmas wish for you. Yeah. I, as long as there's a lot of nog in my egg, I mean, I'm good. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, more nog than egg. How about that? Well, it was funny. I always just drank normal eggnog. I never really know, knew until like me and my wife got together that you're supposed to put rum in it. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. That's a key ingredient. Well, I grew up Mormon. Oh, I mean, true. So, so I was sitting there at one of her family functions, and her grandma's like, Do you want some eggnog? And I'm like, Yeah. And all of a sudden, I take a drink, and I'm like, That's rum. <laughs> I wonder if they drink eggnog in the Caribbean. I've been to many Caribbean islands on vacation, and they have some of the best rum in the world. But oh, yeah. I've never seen like eggnog on the shelf. And that's one of the things that I love. That's why I love when I go to the Caribbean. They have great rum, and their rum cake is mwah. Oh, I yeah. love rum. <laughs> Everything rum over there is Wait. fantastic. I, I have figured out, I did, for Amber's birthday every year, I make her a rum cake because we, we found a recipe that is just a perfect recipe for making rum, rum cake. Nice. So, and like two, about two pieces of it and you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> How big's the cake? <laughs> it's, it's a full bunt cake. All right. Well, we are your two resident morons, according to yes. our latest reviews on apple podcast so we're and we're proud about that we are i would rather be a moron than a mormon <laughs> so yeah that is that is very very true and or a jehovah witness which we're going to talk about oh that. yeah we're going to talk about those guys today because they're they're they play a key part in this and it is interesting i think i brought this up in the last podcast it's interesting to me that in these bloodlines of the illuminati we have touched several of the I'll call para evangelical religions mm -hmm. that the evangelicals themselves have all basically cast them out and said no no you're not part of the evangelical movement or you're not part of quote Christianity and all the leaders show up in this study it's very bizarre it is. And I mean, all this stuff they're talking about. I mean, when we were talking about the Moravian bloodline last week, all the Mormon leaders are supposedly part of the Moravian bloodline, you know. And then now we've got, you know, the Russells that we're about to talk about that are the ones who started, you know, Jehovah Witnesses. I'm like, I'm waiting to find, you know, LRH in this. I'm sure he's in here some. I don't know. He's, I've done some, someday we've got to go down Scientology, but L. L Ron Hubbard was a, I, I'm going to touch on him, I think, on my midweek, because I like we were talking about, I think I'm going to talk about Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, I'm sure we'll hit all of those guys at some point. He fits into this. He he fits in with Jack Parsons. He, like, took Jack Parsons' girl. It's all, they all intertwine. Well, that, that's so the whole weird. thing. I believe it, it, that Fritz Spranmeyer, who is kind of who we've piggybacked on for these 13 bloodlines, mm -hmm. he's the one that has initially pointed them all out but that's the whole deal with the illuminati is that they run in these almost incestuous inner circles yes intermarry they hang out they do business together and they are an exclusive club they are they're a very exclusive club and it's very interesting to see how they're intertwined i mean not only with each other but with you know specific newer religions um religions quote unquote right um and not just part of them they invented them they invented them yes um they're they're intertwined with the entire idea of the new world order and if you listen to most of them talk even back then and even now you can hear all the things that we talk about like when we talked about the new world order or the new lizard order or whatever um the ideas <laughs> that they followed i had to throw it in there i know you um, did. I, I know so but uh <laughs> the ideas that they they portray of you know bringing the world down to certain specific people all fall into all these religions and the beliefs of the the 
NWO fall into the same idea as most of these religions. Yes. You know, with Jehovah Witnesses, you only have so many people that make it into heaven. Same thing with the Mormons. But the idea of the new the NWO is to wipe out so much part of the world so there's only a few left. Well, is that the same idea as they are now, you know, as the Mormons or the Jehovah Witnesses saying we only have this many people that make it into heaven because we've killed the rest of them? Yeah, it's an interesting deal. and Which so, is a th weird theory that I was, yeah, as I'm going through all this this week, I'm like, wait a minute. It's just a different way to get us down to a certain amount of people. Oh, yeah. When your eyes are open to this nefarious plan, and it's been going on for a long time, yeah. centuries. This, yeah. this is nothing new, folks. This is just the latest push. This is the latest regrouping. The latest yeah, it's the latest version. It's just new uh, tools. They're just using new tools. But the mm -hmm. philosophy is the same. And they're just using the new tools coming to them. You know, social media um, is a huge thing that they're using for this. You know, religion, I mean, everything else. I mean, it, it's whatever they can find to basically get you to believe and follow them in what they they want you to be. Well, yeah, they discovered Hollywood. They discovered the music industry. There mm -hmm. was a time when Hollywood was fairly innocent. There was a time when the music industry was just the music industry, and they realized how much power and sway these artists and actors and everything have over everybody, and so they hijacked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the topic of the day because I believe... We have one more episode after this one on the yeah. Illuminati. I think so. And surprisingly, we, we almost brushed this family off. Oh, the Russells? Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I, I was already, I'm like, who the hell are the Russells? What, what do they have to do with anything? And then it was in, because we had talked about maybe even just doing like the last episode was going to be the last three and just say, okay, this is it. We're done. And then we figured, okay, the Morovians is a lot more to this than we thought. And then it was the same thing when I saw the Russells. I'm like, there's a lot more to these people than we thought. I mean, I didn't realize it was those Russells. No, I did not either. And it is, um, it shocked me. It really surprised me because, so here's my background with the Russells uh, as per se. Now, I grew up a Christian. I grew up in a Christian home, grew up going to church. There was a time in my life when things were really, really dark. Mm -hmm. And I went through major crisis and a lot of things were going on. And I tossed everything. I tossed my belief system. I tossed everything out and started all over. I was essentially homeless. I went on a, about a two-year, maybe th three-year quest where I went deep diving into all of the world's religions. And one of them was Jehovah's Witness. I went really, really deep into them because I wanted to find out for myself. I had heard all my life that these guys are all nuts. They're all crazy. You stay far away from them. But that was the extent of it. I didn't understand why. Mm -hmm. And so I did a really deep dive. And I had Jehovah's Witnesses over. I had long conversations with them. I invited them into my home. I, I had Bible studies with them. And the conclusion that I came to was, they're nuts. Yeah. And if you're a Jehovah's Witness, I do not mean to offend you, but you are not being told the truth. That's about as plain and as simple as I can lay it out. Because there are some really crazy things. We'll have to do an entire series on the Jehovah's Witnesses because I do know a lot about them. Mm-hmm. The fact that they put out their Watchtower and their Awake magazine and not a single name ever appears in any of the articles, in any of the magazines, zero, no names whatsoever. It all comes from the Watchtower Society. You don't know who they are. You don't know where they're, where they're at. And they just spout all this stuff. Your Bible's not even the same Bible. It was, I, I, could, go, I could go really deep into the J-dubs. They, they're an interesting one, and I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, I know um, my wife, actually, which is funny. Everyone always cracks up at this. I came from a Mormon family. My wife actually came from not her specifically, but her father. 
came from a family of Jehovah Witnesses. But her dad like was like, you people are nuts and left. And that's why my wife actually doesn't know most of her um, aunts and uncles on her dad's side, because when he was like, nope, I ain't doing this. They pretty much all like banished him. They're like, nope, if you're not going to be one of us, we don't want anything to do with you. And like him and his entire family was like, nope, see you guys later. Well, and that's how they keep them in. Yeah, I, I will just say this to any Jehovah's Witness out there who's listening, who's mad at me right at this moment. Just ask yourself this. If it is true, and hey, feel free to email me at downtherh at protonmail.com. I'll be glad to have this discussion with you because I know the J-dubs in and out. Ask yourself this. If only 144,000 of you get to heaven, what number are you? How many Jehovah's Witnesses have there been over the course of the beginning of this religion and now? And how is it possible that you've all gotten in if only 144,000 are chosen? The other question I have is, not to make this a theological thing, but I'm going off on a tangent here. I know it. Mm -hmm. If you, it, So the bottom line with me with the J-dubs was this. If they're correct, and there is through them is the only way, and I die and I cease to exist, well, I'll never know I existed in the first place. Therefore, I'll never know I missed out on anything, and I won't even remember that I was ever here. Yeah. If I'm correct, you're in for a way darker time. That's just the bottom line. Not, not, that, not that salvation, in my opinion, should be fire insurance, but... According to them, if you're not one of them and you die, you just literally cease to exist, which I don't see the downside to that. <laughs> no, I don't either. I but really don't. That's the end of my tangent. So, hey, well, and it's one of the things, like I said, I mean, it's maybe the, the what it is is because they're so intertwined with the Freemasons, mm -hmm. the NWO, and everything else, and the Illuminati that when they're saying there's only going to be so many people left, they're not saying once again that that's going to be how many people are like ascendant to heaven or whatever, where a lot of us have interpreted that way. Maybe what he was really saying is that's how many people are going to be left who aren't slaves. True. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into the Russells. They're an interesting, it's a common name. It's another one of those very common names. I tried really hard. I don't know if you've ever heard of, Bertrand Russell. Yes. Bertrand Russell was evil human being. He was all about the New World Order, all about totalitarianism. He was a British mathematician, a philosopher, just an awful human being. But his last name was Russell, and I could not find a connection. So when we talk about the Russells, it's a very common name, and, I, and that was, to me, the biggest, I'll say, challenge in this episode, was linking which Russells are actually part of this Rus Russell clan that uh, Sprenmeyer's talking about. Well, we know it's not, you know, Russell Wilson, because, I mean... That's his first name. can't do nothing. It is his first name, but he can't hit nothing. <laughs> uh, so I according pick on him because he's a schmuck. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, which is really funny. You guys in Seattle were all worshiping at the feet of Russell for a while. Now everybody's turned on him. It was one of those things for me. He was the quarterback that worked for us at the time, and I'm one of those where I had this conversation with a friend. I'm like, I, I don't worship, but I root for the uniform. Fair and enough. he wore the uniform, and when he was wearing the uniform, he did good for us. Yeah. But when you leave the way he did, and now he is just, I'm I'm rooting that they do horrible, not just because I don't like him at the moment, but the worse they do, the better draft picks we get. Right, see, and I've never been a Seahawk fan. I saw him as a putz from the beginning. Yeah, he was creepy. Yeah. All right, so the Very Russells, bad. their interesting backstory on the Russells, they're actually a Jewish family. Yes, and which is weird, too, that I found a lot. How many of these families were Jewish to begin a with? A lot. Which is so, which is, I mean, not to sound bad, why it seems like every conspiracy theory eventually goes anti-Jew. Yeah, and, and look, I am, at some point. 
and I'm not going to go anti-Semitic, but nope. it seems like a lot of these families came from a Jewish beginning. And it's like, I think people just push it to a level they shouldn't have and become anti-Semitic because of it. Right. I mean, not all Jews are bad people, but these ones. Hardly any Jews are bad people. Oh, no, they're not. I mean, it, to judge someone because of their religion or because of their race or anything else is completely wrong. But And I think that's where a lot of people go into the anti-Semitism is because... They suddenly realized that all these families, not all of them, but a, a majority of them started from the Jewish faith. And But the thing is, is I, I get people mad all the time because I'm like, well, Jesus was a Jew. George Soros is a Jew. It's, I it, think it has nothing to do with the religion. It has to do with where it went from there. My theory on that is, is that if you believe that the Bible is true, or even archaeology is true, that much of mankind, as far as history tells us, started over there and and the Jews according to the Bible were were the original humans they're the you know, first people on earth and then they were put into tribes and they were scattered and so if this theory and this philosophy of a one world order and or this battle of good and evil between Satan and God and they're doing Satan's work and they think he got the short you know stick on the whole deal it doesn't surprise me that a lot of these people are Jews because they're the original humans. They're the original people. They are. So why wouldn't it go back to them as be, uh, some of them not being satisfied at their situation and cutting a, a side deal and, and continuing it on? Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things a lot of people forget is if you go back far enough... Pretty much all of us have will come back to Jewish ancestry. Of course, because before Christianity, we were everybody. I mean, not everybody, but before Christianity, there was Jew. You know, most people were Jewish because, I mean, that was the beginning. Was no of, that was the beginning of humanity. Yeah, and Christianity didn't start till after Christ was 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 you know killed, crucified. True. Yeah, true story. That is true. So anyway, their name actually was uh, Rosel, R-O-E-S-S-E-L. Yes. And they lived in the early 17th century in Germany. And I'm not sure why, I couldn't find out, but they moved to Scotland. And when they got to Scotland, they respelled their name Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L. And they adapted to Scotland. Yeah. When the English tried to settle the Protestants in Scotland and in Ireland in order to basically control the Irish, if you know that history, that's pretty wild. They, uh, then there was the, the big potato famine, which is why the Russells left, because they weren't native to the land. The, the Russells actually scattered. They went to Northern Ireland. They went to Ireland. They were in Scotland. Some of them went down into England. But... The, the main core of them stayed in uh, Scotland and Ireland. And that's where they hooked up with this group called the Rutherfords. The Rutherfords and the Russells became kind of a powerhouse in, in the area that they were at. Mm -hmm. And they got involved in a lot of... I don't even know how to put it. It's not, it wasn't Wiccan. It was, it wasn't um, Druid. It was, but it was some sort of mystical, magical folklore type religion at the time. Well, and it's one of those things. I mean, it, it's basically what, you know, normally we would call a cult because, I mean, really anything that's not Christianity is a cult. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a cultism of some sort um, that, you know, but it was just, a different kind of like druidism in a way but not really i mean there were so many random weird religions at that point that i mean it could have been any of them so well a lot of people claimed that they were into witchcraft some people claimed that they were into that they kind of created their own brand of sort of this mishmash of druid witchcraft occultism uh, whatever it was they started something that wasn't the norm and they were quite smart. They got teaching jobs at like the University of Edinburgh and they were high society. They, they, yes. These weren't poor people. 
which is another trait of the Illuminati, of course. And they got in big trouble. Some of the Russells got in big trouble. There was a thing called the Aryan Heresy at the University. Yeah, I saw that, but I, I couldn't figure what. Could you find a whole lot on what that was? Basically, the at the time, Catholicism was the, I'll just say, the norm at the university and in mm-hmm. and in the countryside. I mean, it was it's a it's a Catholic. I don't it's a Catholic part of the world. And they came in and started questioning it and claimed lots of stuff that basically became the Watchtower text. Which is very weird. Yeah. And so the professors and the the higher ups at the university were hearing about what they were teaching in the class. It was causing an uproar. And they called him out on it, and it became known as the Arian Heresy. They were one of the first ones to go in there and challenge the Catholic, the doctrines or the beliefs of the Catholic Church, with their sort of mishmash of these pagan religions. Wait, so you're saying there was professors at a university teaching, you know, their own agenda to the students? That would never happen. Again, I. I shake my head when I hear the news about all the crazy stuff that's going on on college campuses these days because nothing is new under the sun. This has been going on since the dawn of time. How do you influence people? You go after the kids. You go after those who don't know enough. They, They haven't lived long enough. You indoctrinate people who are vulnerable to new ideas and philosophies. And if you sound really smart, and you can present a good case, you can convince people of almost anything. Yes. I mean, look at Jim Jones. Look at, look at all of the cult leaders. Oh, yeah. People wonder, how do, pe- how do people follow Manson? How do people follow these ideas? How do they get them to do these things? They are manipulators, and they are good at convincing vulnerable people to do strange things. Yeah, because I mean, the one thing is, I mean, because we've never completely gone down the Jim Jones whole thing, um, but Jim Jones was a huge help to the people. I mean, he had a whole lot of socialist, so socialized programs that he was using to help the people and the you know the older people and the people that you know were having issues. That's how you get in. You get these socialized programs that people think, oh, my God, they're helping us. They're taking care of us. They're doing all these great things for us. They're getting you dependent on them. And that's what a lot of these people do. Yeah. One of the people, and we're not going to go into all of his history, but if you've ever heard of Charles Taze Russell, that's probably who we're going to zero in on the most here. Yes. There are Russell's before him and since him and they like most Illuminati families they're involved in government they're involved in high-ranking positions they're involved in banking it's the same playbook it is and it really does seem like it's almost like they they these families that were almost handed a playbook saying this is what you need to do one absolutely there's no doubt because about it because it, it's like a broken record with these guys. There is. I mean, either by starting businesses with funding and, you know, monetary value and being all that, or in this case, starting religion. But there is even on top of that, there is a whole business behind it. There is a whole financial piece to the Russell bloodline. Well, there's Russell Investments, which is one of yeah. the huge. It's before BlackRock and before. If some of these other big ones came along. Russell Investments has been one of the biggest finance, financial investment corporations in the world. Yeah. And this is from the Russell bloodline. And they, have, like all of the rest of the Illuminati fam- families, they have foundations and they have hidden investments and they have philanthropy and all this everything everything you we've talked about with the other families is going on here and russell investments is actually headquartered in seattle it used to be in tacoma right downtown yeah Yeah, it's in seattle now i've been in that building yeah i was in it while they were building it holy crap (laughs) 
So Charles Taze Russell, if you don't know who that is, he is the founder of the Jehovah's Witness religion. There's a lot of debate and secrecy around Charles Taze Russell because the Watchtower Society, before Bill Gates, before fact checkers, before any of this stuff that we're, we see today on the internet where they scrub things, they've been scrubbing Charles Taze Russell's name since day one. Yes. They have created, if you go to any Watchtower Society website, and you type in Charles Taze Russell, you, you would think that, well, Jesus came. He was perfect in every way. His sister recognized... Wasn't he the second coming? Yeah, his sister recognized it when he was young. She fed him all kind of uh, kudos that his eyes were going to be opened at, at one point, and he was the only one that God could trust, that the church had gone astray, and he was, he was the latest Savior, much, much like Joseph Smith. Yes. The only difference is Charles Taze Russell was 17, whereas Joseph Smith was, what, 16, 14? Something like that. Yeah, 14 or something like little, that. A little so. bit younger. Yeah. So Charles Taze Russell, according to historical records, was a big-time Freemason. It doesn't take a whole lot of digging to, to figure it out. If you just look at his gravestone, it's the pyramid that's on the dollar bill. Mm -hmm. And there are documents of him taking the oath of, uh, I think it's a, whatever, it's the 32nd degree or whatever the, the high Mason, 33rd degree, whatever the highest one is. There are records of him being involved in the Masons. But if you go to, like I said, any Watchtower-related information piece, they, they will adamantly deny that he was a mason in any shape any way shape or form oh the jehovah witness oh yeah if you go to their website whoa yeah um yeah it's it's a, i found it on their website so what does it say you know how to verify a freemason so um wikipedia article which the this is jehovah witness jwfacts.com um they they reference you know wikipedia so you know they're on the ball um explains how to verify someone as being a freemason and i'll be honest we we reference wikipedia sometimes but as a starting point not as a, a proof point and almost as a joke most of the time yeah standards of proof for those on this list may vary widely some figures with no verified lodge affiliation are claimed as masons if reliable sources give anecdotal evidence suggesting they were familiar with the secret signs and passes but other figures are rejected over technical questions of regularity and the lodges that initiated them were available specific lodge membership information is provided blah 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 so basically they go through this whole thing saying that oh jehovah witness historians say that um this is james penton who is a jehovah witness historian yet over the years critics of russell and jehovah witnesses have continued to use ross's fallacious statement plus a number of other charges two of which should be regarded as utter nonsense the first is that russell was into occult practices and the second is that he was a freemason the first claim is based on almost entirely on his use of certain symbols such as the winged disc that appeared on copies of studies in the script and the cross and crown motif that appeared in Watchtower literature and was often worn by Bible students as religious ornaments. But instead of being drawn from Egyptian paganisms, as has been asserted by Russell's adversaries, the winged discs simply represented the son of righteousness that would arise with healing in his wings. According to Malachi 4.2, as for the cross and crown motif, it was simply a common one in the 19th and early, earlier centuries that was used by many Christian groups. Equally spacious is the claim that Russell was a Freemason. That is easy to see from comments in which he advised Bible students against becoming Masons and by his lack of knowledge of the work and rituals of Freemasonry. So that's their entire argument, pretty much. There's a couple other ones, but they all basically say the exact same thing. Well, and early on when in the Watchtower history, when it was the original church, I believe it was just the singular church. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of rumors swirling about his activities with the occult and with the Masons and everything, so much so that his staff 
became concerned about all of this, and they made him take an oath for swearing any further, not that you haven't done any, but for swearing any further occult activities. They were, they were actually convinced that he was partaking in all of these, and they wanted him to stop it. Mm-hmm. He apparently took this oath, but I, don't, I think he just incorporated it into what they had going. And not to make this all about the Jehovah's Witnesses, but what you're going to see is a parallel between what he set up within this Watchtower society and what the Illuminati wants to happen on a worldwide basis. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about this. That's, that's the parallel here, because Charles Russell, I believe, like most of these other families, when they realized the the money they had, the influence they had, and that he had come up with this new idea that they assumed was going to take off and go places, somebody approached him, and he signed a deal. Because their philosophies aligned, their whatever they promised him, he, he was okay with. And so in setting up the watchtower, he almost set up a mini... Illuminati state. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that, I mean, we've seen quite a bit in these. Um, I think once we come down to the, I think the, the final episode, we're going to kind of come down with our ideas and our thoughts on the whole Illuminati and everything else. I think that the 13th family, the Moravians is the, 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 the hidden family. I think they're the ones pulling the strings in the background. Either it's them or someone else that we've just never heard of. Because I think all of these families were helped by somebody to get to where they are. Because every one of them has that story beginning of it was a nobody, he was just whatever, and then all of a sudden, bam, there they were on the scene. And they were the, they, they suddenly had every everything they needed to, you know, th- there's a missing link here. Oh, yeah. I did find this interesting, and I, I believe this is from... Fritz Sprenmeier's book, but I'm not positive because I'm not looking at his book per se. I'm looking at a website that's they could be quoting it. I'm not sure. But this says, according to eyewitnesses who have left the Jehovah's Witness part of the Illuminati, the Anakian alphabet is known and used as the cult language by those Illuminati operating at the high levels of the Watchtower Society. In other words, their ceremonies are done in this ritual Enochian language. Sir Walter Sinclair in the 16th century was one of those who introduced Enochian magic to Scotland. The Scottish connection in the Watchtower Society is overpowering. Both the Russell and the Rutherford families came from Scotland as well as Macmillan and many other key Watchtower leaders. And then there's this book called Be Wise as Serpents. It's a book... Which has been mentioned a few times. Yeah, and according to this book, and I haven't read it, I can't attest to this, I would like to read it, I'll probably get it. It says that this is the key to Enochian magic. And like you said, it's, it's the same type of winged sun disc that Charles Russell used was also used on the magic. Two phrases that were popular among Satanists who practiced Enochian magic were Millennial Dawn and Golden Age. And we've talked about some of those. Those come up in a lot of New Age philosophy. Oh, yeah. A lot. Especially in the 90s, in the the early 2000s. There are all kind of books called that. Uh, Also, according to this, it says that a a family named Karis, they were Jehovah's Witness overseers in Miami, Florida, and that Al Myers or Myers were also from this Illuminati satanic bloodline. Sharon Russell left the Illuminati, still was a Jehovah's Witness, and worked with police showing ritual sites. Princess Proud Swift lived in Delaware with the travel industry, and she worked somewhere out of Southern California, which she claims was a secret satanic serial murder site. And the Walt family and the Woomer family, 
areas which have been identified as strongholds within the Watchtower religious empire and, and are full of, I'll just say, occult activity. Yeah. I can't confirm that. I'm just telling you what's written here. I did look up some of that, and I can say that there are news articles that refer to these things. Yeah. There's a lot of them. And I mean, you know, they talk about the trauma and everything else that, you know, help get, you know, people create and control children that are born into it and everything else, which we've talked about all the time that they use trauma and they use, you know, different techniques to mind control techniques to keep the children, which goes back to once again, you know, I mean, how many other things have we talked about when we've talked about the CIA and all that stuff and MK Ultra and the mind control of it sounds like Illuminati have been using these mind control techniques forever and they're using the CIA to in the MK Ultra program to perfect it and make it even better. It's the same ideas that we've talked about with all these families on how they control their kids. The mind control in the the Jehovah's Witness organization is amazing. According to this, it says the rank and file Jehovah's Witnesses have no awareness that the Watchtower Society has a secret upper level of involvement. And I do know that to be true. It says some types of trauma-based mind control is being used to create and control children born into the Illuminati within the Watchtower Society. The Illuminati with the Jehovah's Witnesses have a hidden agenda that is separate from the published goals of the Watchtower Society, although they also support many of the goals of the society. I think you would be surprised, much like the Mormons, <laughs> how much the Watchtower Society owns business-wise. Oh, they own a lot. It's a tax shelter because they don't pay taxes. They're a religion, you see? Mm -hmm. So they're able to interlock themselves with major corporations and all kind of philanthropy groups and all kind of funds and investments and hidden money. And they move this stuff around in the shadows and it essentially just funds the Illuminati. It does. And it's one of those things. It's like we've talked about before where we've talked about Bill Gates and some of those other people where they do uh, a lot of the philanthropy and philanthropy is just it's a fancy way of saying moving money from one interest to another. And that's what they do in a lot of this. They're going to do philanthropic stuff. They're going to give money to these charities that basically fund and help move their own interests. Yeah, according to this article, it says the Watchtower Society performs a secret ritual every year, which is their primary ritual. The ritual is actually the ancient Gnostic ritual of saying no to the body of Christ. The ancient Satanic ritual is now secretly practiced under the guise of the Memorial Supper, where the elements of communion are passed and no one partakes of the element, which if you go to any evangelical or Catholic church or anything, when you, when you have communion, you partake of the elements. That's the yeah. whole idea. Yeah, and, and I mean, I've, got, I've been I've been to Catholic mass multiple times. Um, growing up, I knew I grew up Mormon, but my best friend, his fam, his grandmother was very strict Catholic, um, and she would take me with on Sundays if I was at there at his house when she came to pick him up and take him to church. Um, if I was there, well, I was going too. So I've been to Catholic Mass multiple times, and it was a lot shorter and a lot better than Mormon. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's also, because one of the things that we have run across several times, and I know a lot of people don't like us to bring this up, is this idea of children being the sort of lifeblood of this crazy new world order and it rears its ugly head all the time and people choose to ignore it the whole balenciaga thing is another example of how they just put it in your face and they've been doing it for a long time and nobody paid attention until it was overt yes we've done shows on pizzagate we've done shows on lots of pedophile rings well, Charles Taze Russell was accused of being a pedophile. And no. Yeah, 
by his uh, what his ex-wife. They were in court. Now, again, if you go to, if you look this up, you go to any Watchtower Society, Jehovah's Witness related website, they will adamantly deny this. They'll deny it ever happened, but it did. You can, I'll put the link in the show notes. It was uh, during the trial, this divorce trial, which was very uncommon. I mean, this guy was married, I believe, four times. I think wow. it was at least four, three or four times. Which See, was, he just should have been like Joseph Smith and just had multiple wives. Yeah. <laughs> then you get the whole divorce part out. Right. Well, and in this, she accused him basically of being a pedophile. And, of course, he denied it. His lawyers denied it. But she wasn't the only one. There have I mean, been people throughout. If, if you Back go, then, oh, it's not, sorry to interrupt, but back then at that time, what was the definition of a pedophile? Because, I mean, we're talking, I mean, Charles, you know, he, what, he died in 1916? Yeah. So, I mean, really to be considered a pedophile in 1916, the child would Young. have to what, like 10, 11, 12? Eight, six. Somewhere down there. So, I mean, when we're talking pedophile, we're not talking today's standards of pedophile. Like today's standards of pedophile would be anyone under the age of 18. Back then, if you're saying this person's a pedophile, you're talking like under the age of 14. Yeah, because you know? a lot of times 14-year-olds were getting married back then. Yeah, which is... I mean, disgusting, but I mean, it's, that's what it was at those times. So that's one thing to think about there when they're saying that he was a pedophile. I mean, he was a pedophile in the most disgusting way possible, but I mean, and I get people be like, Oh, it was different times. I mean, I don't care if it was different times. If you're being called the pedophile in those times, you're even more messed up than if you're being called a pedophile now. So, yeah. Yeah. According to this document, uh, and I don't know how old this girl is that they're talking about, but she said this is what the wife or the ex-wife says. She says one evening she came home with him just as she got inside the hall. It was late in the evening, about eleven o'clock. He put his arms around her and kissed her. This was the vestibule before they entered the hall, and he called his little wife. But she said, I'm not your wife. And he said, I will call you daughter. And a daughter has nearly all the privileges of a wife. Then the question was, what other terms were used? Then he said, I'm like a jellyfish. I float around here and there. I touch this one and that one. And if she responds, I take her to me. And if not, I float to others. She wrote that out so that I could remember it for sure, that I should not speak about it. And he confessed and he said those things. And so they'll say, well, he didn't confess to it. But that's pretty close. Also, she said, I told him that I learned something that was very serious and I didn't tell him right away. I let a day elapse until I felt I had a control of myself and could talk. And then I told him that I had something very serious to tell him about this matter. And he said, what is it? And I said, Rose has told me that you have been intimate with her and that you have been in the habit of hugging and kissing her and having her sit on your knee and fondling each other. And she tells me you bid her no account to tell me but she couldn't keep it any longer. She said if I was distressed about it, she felt she would have to come and make a confession to me, and she has done that. And then they said, well, what did he say about it? He tried to make light of it at first, and I said, husband, you can't do that. I know the whole thing. She has told me straight, and I know it to be true. Well, he said he was sorry. It was true, but he was sorry. And he said he didn't mean any harm. I said, I don't see how you could do an act like that without meaning harm. So he did. I mean, he confessed to it. All you got to do is look at the transcripts. And this is another common theme that they abuse the young. They're into sex with little kids. And it it's is absolutely disgusting, but it, it goes back to this satanic view that kids have some sort of elixir power their blood has power. The innocence has power. And if you can rob them of that, you it transfers that power to yourself. Yeah. 
which is one of those things that drives me nuts sometimes because it's the satanic view of that time where um a lot of people and i've never understood why they did it this way where they became the the satanic you know the say the, the church of satan and everything else which has a completely different view on it but it's like why would you align yourself in name with something that has such horrible views back then I mean, and it's almost like, you know, I always feel like sometimes like the Church of Satan did it as a joke, not realizing that they're basically in a way almost okaying and making it seem like it's okay to be a Satanist. But I think it's okay to be part of the Church of Satan because they're, if you read a lot of this stuff in them and it's really like an anti-religion religion, but it put takes out the... The, the poison that is Satanism. So Satanism is poison and it makes people think, oh, it makes it mainstream enough that people are like, oh, Satanism is okay. It's like they're two different things. Oh, yes. What? But totally. by naming it and calling it the Church of Satan, you take out the toxicity of what Satanism really is. And people are like, oh, it's not so bad. No, Satanism is horrible. Those who actually believe in the Illuminati uh, from everything we can see and tell and everything that we have read and researched, they truly believe in satanic Satan. power. Yes. And the Church of Satan, if you actually read everything they have, they don't believe in Satan or God. Yeah, they're but just like, the do what you will. They're kind of the Aleister Crowley, just do what you want to do. Yes. Just don't hurt but anybody. The problem, the problem with that is... By doing that, like I said, it takes the power out of the word. Well, I agree. So now all of a sudden when, oh, you know, Hail Satan, which one of the, you know, one of the podcasts I listen to occasionally, one of the guys says that all the time because he's thinking of the church of Satan. But the more you say that, it's like when people say, when you say, I love you repeatedly, it takes the meaning out of it. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And that's what they're doing with the church of Satan in a way of saying, oh, let's make it mainstream. And they're taking the power of the word away but putting it in everyone's mouth which is actually giving satanism more power the other thing that the russells did that is of real disservice to humanity is they started the skull and bones yes and i don't know that we've done an entire episode about the skull and bones we probably if we haven't we need to we should at some point there's a few of those and i think we need to, to you know, I think it's one of the things after maybe we're done with the Illuminati is to sit down and think, okay, some of these things we've mentioned before of, you know, skull and bones and some of these others, you know, um, Scientology, um, you know, Jehovah Witnesses. I think we need to look into some of these ones and say, okay, I think we've mentioned them and they come up so much. It's like I said, why I wanted to talk about Jack Parsons in the next episode is because he has come up repeatedly in stuff I've been looking at over the last few, you know, months or so. So, you know, I think we we need to come go down maybe some of those secret societies and maybe do almost do something like we have on Illuminati. Let's do a a, a series of secret societies. Yeah, well, the Skull and Bones, if if you're not familiar with yeah. it, is a secret society on on elite, highly elite college campuses. Yes. And I mean, no one that you've ever heard of has ever been into him, like George Bush or anyone like that. John Kerry, Bo all the Bushes. Uh, oh, all the Bushes. Most presidents and most Congress people have been involved in the Skull and Bones. There's a very famous smuggled out videotape of the Skull and Bones initiation ceremony, which is outrageous. It's, it's sick. Yeah. And this group... Not according to Fritz Brenmeier, but according to a lot of people, in, and I, I'm 100% bought in on this, they basically take the elite of the elite, you are invited into this, and you have to go through this ceremony, and you have to go through all this vetting, mm -hmm. and once you are in, once you get invited in, you're set for life, because you have to buy into this philosophy, you have to commit to a lifetime of service to this philosophy, this theory, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you go into, and they're all successful, all of them. Yes. What they're teaching there is New World Order 
one world order system. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before, this illusion of choice. There are people that come out that go Republican. There are people that come out that go Democratic. There are people that come out and become socialist or communist or because the idea is is to give an illusion of choice but the choices are all heading in the same direction yeah some may be a little it. some may be a little slower than others but the actual fact is is that they have all pledged allegiance to heading in the same direction towards the same ultimate goal and the russells start were one of the key figures, there were a couple of people involved in it, but they were one of the key figures in setting this whole thing up. Yeah. Well, and that's it. It's like you said, I mean, it's one of those things that, I mean, it's, it gives us the illusion that when you choose Democrat, you choose Republican, you choose independent, you choose any of these, that you're choosing a, a different side when you're really not, you're just choosing a different part of a cog. It's the same team it's the same group it's just it makes us look like we're they're fighting each other but makes us fight makes us fight each other it's splitting us well and i, I do want to clarify because i've had people come back at me and say well then what's the point in voting or what's the point in getting involved or be or what what's the point in being informed on all of this not all of them are part of this group. There are good people out there. That's why it's important, even down to your local election, to vet those who are running. If you're just a Republican or a Democrat and you vote in, well, like, I'm voting for this guy because he's Republican or I'm voting for this guy or this person because they're Democrat or because they're Libertarian or whatever, and that's, that's the extent of your research, you're playing right into their hands. That's what they're betting on. Is that you're not going to look into them. And do I believe they're all part of this cabal? No. But I would say the majority and the ones that are handpicked are all you got to do is re read Propaganda by Edward Bernays. The opening chapter, oh, yeah. he talks about people, men in hotel rooms, shadowy rooms, picking out the candidates that they're going to present to the people as their choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've talked about before with the, the different groups, the Bilderberg group, all those other groups that pretty much you look at like a lot of the people that are in power um, right before they come into power. Somehow they, they, they're at the Bilderberg group because, I mean, were they being interviewed? Were they being set up? OK, this is what's going to happen. You're going to win the election next month. It happens you know? all the time, all yeah. the time. And I do believe that Skull and Bones is the initial recruitment like that's the that's the boot camp recruitment of the you know, the young sort of fresh. Look, we see potential in you. I think we can use you. I think you you're destined for great things, and we're going to assist you as long as you sign up for this. That's the boot camp recruitment right there. Yeah. And then once they graduate from that, then they move on to the Bilderberg. They move on to the Council on Foreign Relations and all, all the other nonsense and they start moving up the chain in my honest opinion they're useful idiots yeah i don't even know if they're half puppets. half of them actually realize what they're signing up for they're, they're puppets they're, they're signing up to be powerful to be it's power and they don't care how they get it they don't care what they have to do to be powered they just want to be in power um and that's where i think we run into a lot of problems with our society people don't care what they have to trade to be in power. They are literally the people that will t would literally sell their soul to be where they're at. And I think that is apropos to this Russell family because they, like most of these Illuminati families, almost all of them, came up with a good idea. Mm -hmm. It took hold on some level. The powers that be recognized it and said, man, we can use this, 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 this influence that they have, this idea that they have, it plays right into our hands and they either have a secret meeting or they approach them. I don't know how that works, but you can see that at some point 
Even like with the Jehovah's Witness, even with the Russell family. Yeah, they were rich, but they weren't like uber rich. No. They were influential, influential, but not worldly influential. But they came up with an idea, and the Illuminati, the powers that be, recognized it and said, wow, okay, we can use this. And so they go in with the promises of, like you said, we're going to give you power, we're going to give you backing, we're going to give you money. And we're going to show you how to hide your money, and we're going to hook you up with all these corporations, and you will be like gods. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, what we want you to do is to herd all the you know lesser people, all the all the lower personnel, and keep them preoccupied, feed them propaganda, and scare them, or however you're going to do it to the point where they're completely distracted and they have no idea what, what we're leading them to. Yeah. Because the Watchtower, <laughs> again, we'll have to do that whole episode, but the, the Watchtower Society has several times predicted the second coming of Christ and have gone out on hilltops and shut down their entire operation because it was going to happen, and then it didn't happen, and then they just... Forget about it. Yeah. You know, it's, people sold homes. People in the Jehovah's Witnesses completely abandoned their, their businesses because they were convinced that Christ was coming back and that the, the watchtower was 100% correct because they, they follow them completely blindly, which is what they want us to do. Yeah. And again, I want, to, I want to say to my brothers and sisters out there who are in the, if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're listening to this, I am not belittling you. But your organization is lying to you. And they are not telling you the truth. And they are manipulating you. Look, look, look at how they... Keep these people from celebrating birthdays, from celebrating any holidays. They can't pledge allegiance to the flag. They can't. There's so many things they can't do that normal, polite society or your average citizen finds enjoyment in. They're not allowed to do that. It's it's a big shame factor. Well, I think a lot of it too is a shame factor, and it takes away individuality. Mm-hmm. When you have a birthday, when you celebrate stuff, that's individualism. With a lot of these religions and a lot of these, I mean, religions, quote unquote, you know, cults, everything like that, they don't want individualism because the second you have individualism, you have thought and you have free thought. And that's what they don't want. So people like us, they hate us because we actually look. We look at information. We have free will and free thought. And God gave us free will, and they don't want us to have it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look at even just the, the way they set up the churches of the Watchtower Society, the Jehovah's Witness churches. No windows. It's enclosed. It's secretive. Outside of, you know, you say, the, people say, well, no, 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 they're all over the neighborhood. They're always knocking on doors, and you see them at the bus stops, handing out stuff. Yeah, but they're under a spell. Mm-hmm. They truly are under a spell, and I pray for them, and I feel bad for them. I, I, I know I'm going to get some flack for this, but if you, I, honestly, if you're a Jehovah's Witness out there, I know you're hating on me right now, but I'm telling you, you are being woefully deceived by this group. And if you just peel back the curtain for a second, you will notice this. Name one person that's written an article for Awake or the Watchtower uh, newsletter. What, name one person. You can't because mm. they, they don't put it on there. Why is there a house, I think it's in San Diego, for David for when he returns? Why, why are you guys paying for that? Why are you paying rent? Uh, why, why are you paying taxes on some big mansion in, in California waiting for David to return, and that's where you're going to set him up? Why are you doing that? There's nowhere in the Bible that, that says David's coming back. Well, I don't know. Have you read? The, I mean, Jehovah Witness, they didn't they write their own Bible? Yes, they did. 
And in fact, and I can't remember the guy's name. I was, I was, I thought about looking it up, but I thought, ah, we'll do it when we do the uh, the whole episode on them. But he was taken to court in, I believe it was, it was either Scotland or Ireland, somewhere over there. And on the stand, he had to admit that this is the guy who translate supposedly translated the Bible from Greek and Hebrew into the Jehovah's Witness Bible because he claimed that it was full of all full of mistakes. He had to admit on the stand that he didn't know either of them. And they kicked them out of that country. Mm. But if you ask your average Jehovah's Witness, they have no clue about that. Yeah. So well, because they believe what they, they they tell them. It's one of those things. It's like you know when you deal with, you know, Mormonism or any of those. It's no matter what the the real truth is. It's what the religion tells you because they have an excuse for all of it. You know why? Well, you know it's like we we in the very beginning when I was talking about you know um, Charles Taze Russell being you know having all these you know being Freemason and occult stuff and they're just like oh no he wasn't. Yeah, he never did any of that. And if you ask any, you know, in the religion, their website says, oh, no, this didn't happen. This is this is propaganda. I mean, which is funny where they sit there and say it's propaganda when it doesn't fit their mold. But when it does, you know, when it does, oh, no, that's the truth. No, it's just, yeah, no. The Russells set up this system, whether it be Skull and Bones, Jehovah's Witness or whatever, in the same way that the Illuminati wants to set it up for us. It's almost like a prototype. Do not ask questions. Directions come from above. There's nobody to argue with or to counter factual their narrative with because there are no names attached. Yeah. And this is what the one world system would look like. Directives come down. It doesn't come from any one person. If you, I've worked for companies like this where you may have a supervisor, but above him, it becomes a mishmash and like, like a, like a funhouse mirror maze, you know? So if you have a, a disagreement with that person and you say, I want to go above this person's head to get to the bottom of this, you don't even know who to go to because it's, it's everyone's like, well, that's not my department. That's not my department. Well, whose is it? Well, I, you know, it's over here, over there and you can't find them. That's the whole setup. They want to do this on a global basis. Yeah. To where you just take directives and it's for the good of you directed by them and you're not allowed to question it. You're not allowed to look into it. You're not allowed to argue it or to even research it. You just do it. Just do what you're told. Yes. If you're researching it and trying to find out another truth, then obviously you don't have enough faith. Right. And I will say this. If you're going to any church, or, or, and I don't care what kind of church it is, that you can't ask questions or you can't have a discussion or you can't have a debate, move on. Get out. Yeah. Get out. I don't care what denomination it is. I don't care what you know, what faith it is, if you cannot ask questions and if you cannot have a discussion and you can't debate what's being taught, move on. Mm -hmm. Because that's indoctrination and that is exactly what they want this world to head to. That's the whole thing with the Illuminati. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, and it's a lot of these. You, you can't question it. The second you question it, then it's all bad. Then obviously you don't have faith. You have to have faith in it. And for me, it's I'm one of those people. If your answer to my questions is, well, you have to have faith, then it just doesn't work for me. Everybody has free will to you know, believe and to act accordingly. And I'm a strong proponent of doing your research, looking into what's being taught, looking at different angles, and having a complete open mind. And I brought this up on my midweek show. 
because I talked about the Michelle Obama, is she a man or whatever? It's like, I'm yeah. not afraid to tackle anything. And I'm not afraid to tackle questions within Christianity. And so if anybody ever wants to challenge or bring up a topic of, of something that the Bible teaches or that is in the Bible, I will be glad to look into it. I will be glad to research it. I'll be glad to talk about it because I'm not afraid of any topic. And I think that's one thing I really love about our show is we don't pull punches and we, we lose listeners over it, but oh well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we're going to talk what we want to talk. It, it's one of those things, if it bothers you, um, then you probably shouldn't have been here to begin with. Yeah. Um, if you can't think another way and you can't deal with someone who thinks different than you, then you shouldn't be here to begin with. Um, we're, we'll have a conversation. If you don't agree with us, talk to us. Yeah. We're not here to shame anybody or to say that no. you're wrong. I just, uh, but I would like some backing. It's, it, I, I would like at least some sort of sentient argument some sort We're of morons, though yeah some sort of back you know like some sort of fact based argument i can respect that yes but when it's yeah when it's simply just you guys are morons well i don't respect that and i have no time for that so yeah so next week will be our final show and we will close the book on the Illuminati families and we will It'll be our final show on Illuminati's not our final show. We're coming. No, no, no. Just on the Illuminati families. You're and stuck with us. Some people are probably cheering and others are like, oh, that's it. But that, yeah, no. that's the way it goes. So you have the midweek show mm -hmm. and we will be back next week. We're not taking a break, by the way. No. Uh, I know the holiday season is coming up, but and I don't think we have ever missed a week or a midweek. No. We've been doing this for quite a while, and it's our goal to uh, not miss a show. So that we're going to stay true to that. So in the meantime, hope everybody has a fantastic week. It's not too stressful. I know we're heading into the holiday season, and we'll talk more about that next week. But uh, just relax. Relax. It's going to be okay and everything will fall into place for you, I am certain. My name yeah. is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And we're out of here. See you later.